What up, what up, what up? You are listening to another Slab Stocks podcast. I'm your host, Sam, and today we are talking NBA action from the past week or so. Uh, this will be a bit shorter than my last several. I had been releasing these on Fridays, and the plan is to do it on Wednesday for now. Uh, so with only five days of action over this past week, it's a bit less to talk about than normal. I want to start out with a pair of young teammates, uh, Colin Sexton, Darius Garland. Uh, I posted yesterday on the Slab Stocks Instagram account that I'm not in love with Colin Sexton as an NBA prospect, particularly for investment purposes. Uh, You can read my thoughts on that post, but to sum it up, he's a scorer. He doesn't really do anything else for the team. In fact, the team is actually six points per 100 possessions better with him on the bench than when he's on the court, which is awful, but especially for a guy who's the team's leading scorer. So when he's out there, he's shooting, he's scoring, and the team is worse for it. So long-term, unless something changes, I think he's just going to be an off-the-bench chucker, and where's the value in that for an investor? Now, it may seem like I'm being a little bit inconsistent, though, because I have been higher, and I do continue to be higher on Darius Garland, and he's, for the most part, been just as bad as Colin Sexton so far this year. There are reasons for my optimism. First of all, he's still a rookie. You just have to give him a little bit more benefit of the doubt because it is his first year. In his second year, Sexton has shown no meaningful improvement in any area of his game outside of scoring. It's just not what you want to see. Garland, however, who is averaging a putrid 12 points, 2 rebounds, and and 3.5 assists on the year, he's gotten better as the year has gone on. Through his first 24 games, which I know is kind of arbitrary, but that's where I cut it off, through his first 24 games, he averaged 10.9 points, 1.8 rebounds, and 2.8 assists. He was shooting 38% from the field. Really, really, really bad numbers for a point guard. But over the next 19 games, almost another half a season from that point, 14 points, 2.2 rebounds, which is not very great, but he's a point guard. But most importantly, 4.7 assists, and he's shooting 42% from the field in that time. And it seems like every year there's some rookie that, you know, quote-unquote, hits the rookie wall. And I really don't believe that that exists. You know, actually, a lot of these rookies tend to get better as the year goes on, at least the good ones do. Uh, we've seen the same thing lately with Jarrett Culver. He's gotten quite a bit late better the last couple of weeks. And Darius Garland is also getting better as the year has gone on. He's looking to pass more often. He's scoring more frequently and more efficiently. And the team has fared better with him. On the season, Darius Garland sports a negative on-off differential, meaning that the Cavs were better with him on the bench than on the court. Sexton, I already said before, six points better with Sexton on the bench. Uh, On the season, Darius Garland, uh, with Darius Garland, the Cavs are 2.5 points better with him on the bench. But in the past 19 games... The Cavs are actually 2.7 points per 100 possessions better when he's playing. So he had a shift of five pull points there. So it's not just empty stats. He's actually getting better. He's actually making the team better. His ungraded prism silvers are still going for about 25 to 30 bucks on average. Uh, But he's turning the corner. I think he's a good investment. People are disappointed with him, especially when you compare him to Ja Morant. He's not Ja Morant, but... He is getting better, and I think now is a good investment opportunity. Next player I wanted to talk about was Pascal Siakam. Uh, Before this season, his Prism Silver PSA 10 rookie cards were going for about $250. Season begins, immediately a 70% jump to $425, which 
I know Aaron and Nathan, they always say this, you know, the best time to buy cards is in the offseason. Cards are simply on a discount in the offseason because people are not thinking about these guys. Four games into the season, Siakam's PSA 10 Silver Rookie cards jumped 70%. It did not stop there. By the end of November, Siakam is now all of a sudden one of the clear favorites for most improved player again. Now all of a sudden he's receiving some MVP buzz, uh, which clearly was never going to happen, not this year anyways, but that was the buzz. By the beginning of December, with all of that buzz, now his cards are regularly trading between $650 to $700. That's another 58% jump in just that month. All told, his PSA 10 uh, Prism Silver Rookie cards, 170% increase from the end of October to the beginning of December. Well, then what happens? Middle of December comes, he injures his groin, and we kind of forget about him. He comes back 10 days ago. He's been out for quite a while. Clearly not full strength yet, though. Uh, he's only playing 27 minutes per game right now. He's averaging 16 points, 4 rebounds, and 3 assists. On the season before the injury, he was playing 36 minutes with 25 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, a steal, and a block. Well, with the injury and the slow start since then, since his return, the damage is kind of done. Over the past month, he's been trading for just south of $400, around where he was at at the very beginning of the season. As PSA 10 graded base prism rookie cards are trading for around $80 at the moment, a 38% drop from his pre-injury heights of late November, early December. I think pretty clearly, this is a buy opportunity. Unless his groin is worse than we think, at some point, he ought to regain form. He's going to get more minutes. The Raptors will continue to make noise as a top three team in the East. They'll have a deep playoff run, and there is plenty of room for growth in Pascal Siakam's market. Right now, there is a Buy It Now PSA 10 Silver for $484, a bunch of Buy It Now OBOs for around $600, but those probably are not going to be selling at that at that price. So throw in an offer at $400, $450, see if they bite. Uh, try and buy them at the market rate, and you should get a nice little return by the end of the season. Next player I wanted to talk about was Ben Simmons. On January 9th, Joel Embiid had a nasty left uh, hand injury where his finger was you know, looking all wonky. You might have seen that picture. I said in my podcast at the time that this would be a good time for Simmons as he should be getting all the shine until Embiid comes back. And he's been fantastic in that time. A top 10 player in the NBA over that span. He's been averaging 21 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists, and 2 steals. And the Sixers have won 5 of those 7 games. Whereas before Embiid's injury, they had lost 4 straight and lost 7 out of the previous 10 games. So Simmons has been predictably feasting and the Sixers have been doing really well. In that span of time, his PSA 10 graded base prism rookie cards are up 66%, sitting around $125 currently. Now, here's my read on the situation going forward. The Sixers have drastically altered their team, seems like, each of the past three seasons. So clearly, they are not afraid of making major changes. Embiid and Simmons are probably the two stars in this league, star teammates that fit together the worst of all the star teammates out there. You know, at the end of games, they're always in the same area. They're always in with a couple, within a couple feet from each other. There's just no physical room for them both to operate in this offense. I think they're going to have to come to the conclusion that one of these guys has to go, especially if they don't make the finals this year or you know, are bounced even earlier than the Eastern Conference Finals. So then you wonder, what are they going to do? Who are they going to cut loose? 
I would guess that Embiid would be the one on his way out because you know he is the one that missed two and a half seasons to start his career, and that usually is not how the greats start their careers. Uh, he still gets injured fairly often, whereas Simmons has been largely healthy. Uh, but I believe my read is correct that Embiid is the more popular player in Philly. He's the one that you know really embraced the city, really is ride or die for Philadelphia. You know his nickname is the Process. Might be kind of hard for the Sixers to pull off that deal, especially if other teams are baking in injury concerns into their offers, and the Sixers can't get the requisite return for a franchise favorite. So it's really just a big question mark going forward. No one knows what they're going to do. Uh, if they do come to the realization that they have to break these guys up and build around Ben Simmons, then there is really nothing stopping him from being a top 10 player in the league. If Simmons is on the outs, well, then anything could happen to his market depending on where he goes. And if Embiid and Simmons both stay... Well, then I think we keep seeing these problems mounting up until they reach a, a boiling point, and I'm not sure where the upside is for Simmons in that scenario. If he's together with Embiid, he is just not a top 10 player. It's too risky for my blood. I don't have the type of money to, to risk, but if you do, uh, there is a path to some really nice gains in the future. It might be a narrow road, but you could possibly hit it. Uh, by the way, his, his Prism Silver PSA 10s, they've been going for around $750 in the past week, which is actually down about 25% from where they had been several months ago. Uh, so you could still get some good value there. Uh, if you have the money to throw around, um, you might want to try it. Next player to talk about, young guy, Nick Claxton. Uh, he had gotten some burn earlier in the season at the end of November. Uh, Nick Claxton in place for the, for the Nets, just so you know. Uh, he was playing in the G League for a few months here recently, but then he was recalled from Long Island when DeAndre Jordan hurt his finger. The Knicks have given him 17 minutes and then 19 minutes in the last two games. They've gotten a good look at him, and they've liked what they've seen. I was able to watch his whole game a couple nights ago against my Bucks, and the kid is really impressive. A very athletic, high motor on both ends of the court. Against Milwaukee, he had 14 points, 6 rebounds, and 3 blocks. And then two nights ago, against the 76ers, he had 15 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, and made 1 out of 2 3-point attempts. Now, when DeAndre Jordan comes back, he's going to lose all of his minutes. That's a given. And, but this has been a really exciting glimpse into the future of a guy that could become a key cog for the Nets in the coming years. Now, maybe you heard Kyrie Irving's ridiculous quote the other day. I uh, said, uh, where is it here? He said, it's it's pretty glaring. We need one more piece or two more pieces that will complement myself, KD, D DJ, G duh, GT, Spencer, Karras, and we'll see how that evolves. Uh, if you're keeping track at home, that's Kevin Durant, DeAndre Jordan, Garrett Temple, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Karis LeVert. Uh, no mention of Roddy Unskirk, who I really like. No mention of Joe Harris, Tarian Prince, or Jarrett Allen, Allen, which is just ridiculous to insinuate that the 31-year-old DeAndre Jordan is better and will have a better future than Jarrett Allen. But whatever. It is Kyrie Irving talking. He also didn't mention Nick's, Nick Claxton, which is not a surprise because he was in the G League when Kyrie said that. But I think the future of this Nets team will shake out quite a bit differently than Kyrie foresees, and it really looks like the future should involve Nick Claxton. Excuse me. Right now, he's going for very cheap. Uh, for his ungraded silvers, $6 to $12. Uh, 
And if you're looking for a long-term hold, you could do a lot worse than Nick Claxton. I'll end with just a couple rapid-fire guys here. First of all, Dylan Brooks. I've received a few questions about him recently. He has certainly been hot of late. Last night he had 31 points, 9 rebounds, and 4 assists. Uh, he's been you know, so hot and cold throughout his career, and you never really know what version you're getting. He has shot it well over the past couple of weeks, but you know, if you just look down his game log, every other game he's been up and down. Uh, starting off the year, 42%, 16%, 60%, 28%, 50%, 38%, 56%, That's the first eight games of the year, and that's really what he's done through his entire career. Until he can show some sort of consistency, there's really not much to see here. Uh, he also was not featured in Prism as rookie year, only Optic. So kind of a limited buying supply, which is cool and could help his value. Uh, but honestly, there's probably four other Grizzlies I'd rather invest in anyway. Uh, lastly, Michael Porter Jr. Can't get away from him, but he had another great night game the other night. 30 minutes played, had 20 points and 14 rebounds. Really strong showing from him. Uh, but like I've said many times before... He can't stick around these minute totals, at least for this year. And when Millsap and Murray and Harris return, he will likely lose his minutes, meaning that there should be more buy opportunities for you in the future. I really like this guy. I think every single one of us should try and get one of his cards in our collection. Uh, I hope you can find a good deal. All right, that's all I have time for. Thanks for listening.